0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Alami Podcast, Change Your Company. I'm excited today. We're going to be talking about how to lead the new workplace. And my guest today is Progal Katak, who is a founder and the CEO of Onloop. Hi, Progal. How are you?
1: Hi, Progal. How are you doing? Good to have you. Uh,
0: we, we want to talk about leading the new workplace, and uh, you you have a, a firm which uh, helps organizations adapt to the what requires today uh, in terms of hybrid and work, teams working virtually. Um, but uh, what would be really helpful, I think, for us and for uh, for our listeners is to know what are the things they need to consider when they are leading like people in this new environment and, and how they can ensure that they are maximizing the outcome of these teams and engaging them and they are on track and they are connected and all these challenges they are aligned, all these challenges that impose themselves in this new reality. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, please tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how leaders can deal with this and manage this.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's obviously a, it's a broad question. And I think, and I think there's obviously a lot written about it. There's a lot that's, that's spoken about it. Um, I think people have, you know, different views and, and as to whether it works or doesn't work, right? So our, our, our favorite CEO in the world, Elon Musk, uh, wants to make sure everybody comes back to work 40 hours a week, right? And um, if you're not willing to be hardcore, you can leave. And so I think there are leaders on one side who's like, nope, this, this thing doesn't work. And then on the other side, you obviously have, companies like Airbnb and others were like, well, I think we will stay um, remote-friendly um, for the foreseeable future. So so I think it's clear that um, there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach or answer to how do we think about um, the future of the workplace uh, or what the future of work looks like. Um, but I think for probably all of your listeners um, like me, we've, we've led teams our whole life and we've sort of build our own heuristics to gather signals of how each member is doing or, or how, how sort of they're progressing over time. So those feedback loops have been significantly more informal um, and, have, and have been sort of in-person or continuous in various ways. Um, and I think what's, what's unnerving for leaders and managers is how do you course correct or make sure people stay on track or move in the right direction? when you don't have um, that sort of informal frequent feedback loop? And and sort of more interestingly, how does technology potentially aid in that process? Um, And and I think what is both exciting and daunting for the next 10 or 20 years is that I think the entire technology stack of how people work will evolve um, to, to rethink how to make hybrid teams effective. I think between World War II and the pandemic, uh, we've sort of been in a continuum where knowledge work has started from from sort of more industrial factory work. Um, and the tools that have come along with it um, are sort of more to support um, sort of workforces sort of operating in a physical environment. Um, I think so much can be reinvented and thought through um, in this in this new future,
0: yeah. So, what kind of change of behavior that leaders need to apply to be able to engage their people virtually? Uh, yeah. To 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 connect them with each other, which is another challenge, of course. When you have teams who are working virtually uh, in different location, uh, it re- it requires certain maybe different approach to uh, engaging and connecting them.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, I think there is, there is two aspects of this, right? So one is a motivation aspect um, and, and how do you sort of manage team motivation in an ongoing basis in an asynchronous manner. Um, and I think the second is a sort of clarity and productivity aspect of how do we make sure that each individual is working on the right thing, uh, each individual can unblock itself uh, as they need, um, and they and they feel a sense of progress. And I and I think that you know there's obviously a wide array of products and approaches uh, that exist. Um, I can use a couple of examples uh, from my own experience. We obviously have uh, a global distributed org. Uh, we were born in April 2020, so we were born right when the world went into lockdown. And so um, we we sort of opportunistically hired team members uh, around the world and for about the first year or so um, worked primarily remotely. I think we still had team members in Singapore uh, that were able to go into an office on a, on a somewhat regular basis, except when the country was on lockdown. Um, but, but we've sort of uh, been born uh, in a hybrid setting, which is rare for, for an early stage VC-backed company in the world. So there's not a lot of case studies of, of companies that have been born global hybrid um, right from day zero. One of the things that we realize really matter is people just having fun. Um, and, and, and laughing a lot. And, and you, you know, like all startups, we have a weekly all-hands meeting. Uh, and a lot of the weekly all-hands meeting initially was about decimating information, ask, um, answering people's questions. But more and more, we realized that that is really a forum of creating a cadence of play um, and a cadence of fun. And so I started assessing the quality of our all-hands meetings based on how much people laugh. Um, and if people yeah, think that, yeah. that was that was actually not a productive all-hands meeting, uh, because that was the only opportunity that we could actually get people together to bond. Um, you know, I don't think virtual happy hours do much. I think it's weird to sit in front of a computer screen and, and grabbing a drink. But I think we've obviously seen a huge incidence of games of various types. Obviously, Kahoot skyrocketed as a product, right, through the through this through the pandemic um, and frankly we've seen it work um, and I think teams that laugh together and have fun together stay together and um, and and so uh, I think happiness is a big part of motivation um, I think people don't think about it so much when you're in a physical setting because through a variety of informal ways you end up having the casual conversation, you end up laughing. So that's sort of built into the schedule uh, without having to be deliberate about it. Uh, but, but in a hybrid world, we have to be a lot more deliberate of how we motivate folks. Um, and, and you know, we, we also do things like, we obviously use our own product for this, but uh, we celebrate colleagues very openly in all hands meetings, and our, our all hands meeting starts with weekly wins. Um, and we use captures that people make on each other do uh, sort of celebrate folks. Uh, I think recognition and celebration has been talked about for a long time, uh, but most companies actually don't do it well um, and, and don't find the right habits to build the right way. Uh, but all of these efforts, although this might seem trivial, and, and um, i really changed my mind about it as I've built out the org, really make a big difference. Um, mm-hmm. And if people are not motivated or people are not having fun, It actually really affects their productive capacity, especially Mm. if you're an early stage company that's trying to invent new things and build new products. Um, Happiness actually drives creativity uh, and therefore drives how good or how well you solve problems uh, or else people are clocking in, clocking out. they'll, They'll be good task monkeys, but I don't think they can create.
0: Yeah. And uh, how do you how do you have this fun meeting? So celebration, of course, and and recognizing the wins, uh, and this would help. But what else? Like, what would you do on on such calls to create that yes. fun? Yes.
1: So we have a few practices. So we also have a practice that we call high high help. Uh, actually, it's a practice that my wife taught me from her days teaching middle schoolers in Teach for America, and um, and it's three columns, and and there's a there's a professional high, a personal high and then a help slash vulnerable chair. Uh, And when we do a wheel of fortune and five or six people uh, sort of share on how their week goes and and that, and that as a practice um, allows people to be more known uh, and and feel a sense of connection. Uh, We also play a variety of games, uh, one that comes up quite often. Uh, There's a few other games that we've played as a team um, in, uh, we've tried to do uh, themed events around Halloween, Uh, and other events, and so uh, it takes some level of work to organize it. And a small company, we don't have a people team or a culture leader, so different people take turns uh, in creating various activities. Uh, But now we sort of run our weekly all-hands in sort of a monthly schedule, um, and we sort of spend about 30 30 minutes out of 60 minutes uh, sort of getting to know each other and having fun, uh, and then another 30 minutes sort of doing Q&A, uh, talking about the business, uh, talking about where it's going, and so uh, we we try and combine the two, um, so that not only are we educating our teams on on where to focus, uh, but we're also inspiring and motivating them the right way.
0: That's amazing. So so almost half half of the session or the of the call it's basically for the interaction and the the sharing and the, the fun part. Absolutely,
1: and wow. I I yeah. used to think it's a waste of time before. Frankly, I've really changed my mind about this. Uh, but I've 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 just seen how much more happier teams can produce, and so um, I think the I think the links between happiness and productivity are much more direct uh, than a lot of leaders think. And uh, I'm curious to see how how Elon Musk turned around Twitter uh, by making everybody miserable.
0: Yeah. So, but I think here it's. Um, if I may ask, how many people do you have, like in total?
1: We're about we're about twenty two or twenty three, um, okay. at the moment, uh, kind of distributed globally.
0: So basically, when you do this thing about the high high, uh, it's you pick like just three or four people from the group. Correct. So we
1: run a wheel of fortune everyone's names, and then yeah. uh, it's so everybody prepares for it. Everybody fills it up uh, so that people can read it as well uh, in their spare time, and then. Uh, we sort of, you know, have a few people presenting. When we were small, we sort of everybody present, right? <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah, yeah. as you go large, you can't you can't have everybody presents. Everybody prepares, um, and then and then a few people uh, walk towards. It. So it's called it's called high high help, where people do one professional high health, high. Health, one professional high, one personal high, uh, and one
0: piece of help. I'm taking note of this. It's a it's a very powerful tool. I mean, usually when I do workshops for clients, I ask them. Uh, I ask every participant at the beginning, and you, I mean, I have some cases where I have like 60, 70, 80 people. So, yeah, uh, but I ask them basically to to share in the chat uh, what's on their mind. Mm-hmm. And, and this is one way to kind of uh, people get con- feel connected. Yeah, uh, I, I ask another question, which is, What are you grateful for? Yeah, and uh, of course, it also connects people. Yeah, and uh, this is this is one way, but I like this high, high help and. uh, and the idea is, you know, the idea of vulnerable also—it's it's a good mix to the, to the highs. And right. in a way, what you're doing, what you're doing is, even the one who's feeling a bit kind of down or kind of, you are reminding them indirectly that they have something which is working well, you know, and by by talking about the highs. Exactly,
1: exactly, and then yeah. I think especially in. Startups. Um, I think founders are inherently fairly self-critical people, <laughs> and I think they can forget to celebrate themselves. And because they forget to celebrate themselves, they can sometimes forget to celebrate the orgs. Um, and and frankly, there are always wins, and there and and you know there are always things to celebrate. Um, but when you're trying to do difficult things, you can uh, end up focusing too much on the stuff that's going wrong, versus. Uh, the the things that are going well. And, um, you know, people talk about uh, purpose and autonomy uh, as as important things that make people feel empowered. Um, There's also a third around what's often called mastery um, or feeling successful. Um, I think how successful people feel massively affects their confidence and actually how confident you're feeling often affects your competence. Um, And so... um, that that self-talk with yourself um, is also quite important, uh, and I think that's one of the other struggles of remote work as well. Is that um, you don't you don't have a ton of affirmation and people and words of affirmation is obviously one of the five love languages, um, and often that goes also missing um, in a remote hybrid world.
0: So um, there's a lot of things I'm curious about. Now. How, what do you use for example for sharing this like high high help uh, is it like just normal board or anything
1: yeah it's a it's a it's a table on on a slide
0: <laughs> okay uh, okay so it's, yeah. it's, it's
1: it's a four by four by ten uh table on a, on a slide so it's not it's not fancy sometimes people will put pictures in there uh, sometimes people yeah. we'll might share like a recipe that then the conversation gets followed up on Slack and so people will uh will will sort of continue the conversation sometimes uh, based yeah. on sort of what comes out. So somebody last week celebrated baking a cake. She said she had a really tough week at work. Um, but but sort of making this amazing cake just made her feel successful. Um, yeah. And 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 you know I, I think that we're all multifaceted human beings. Um, and and that's been actually been one of the benefits of uh, working from home because we see so many of our colleagues, kids and dogs and, and, and work environment and so that that's that's also helped in sort of showing a 360 view of, of each individual and, and not just a sliver of, of who they are. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a huge believer of bringing your whole self to work um, and, and sort of work being an extension of your life and um, sort of our role as leaders to create an environment where people want to work hard, not not have to work hard. Um, yeah. And 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 I think people want to do that in a place where they feel fully seen and understood. Um, and you feel fully seen and understood if you if you sort of bring your full
0: self to work. So when you when people share about the the help part and uh does it affect a li- li- little bit kind of the the mood or something because i mean what kind of things people bring up like is it is it mostly work it's i would assume so or
1: now people bring up everything <laughs> okay. and okay. so people bring up going to divorces people bring up having a death in the family people people bring up um sort of you know, lack of sleep. People bring up high levels of anxiety. People people bring up feeling unfit. So, so it it really has a spectrum. And um, at times, and there've been times when someone's been really burnt out um, and brings it up. Um, and it is it is a little bit uncomfortable, right? But but what it does is everybody leans in to support the person. It triggers different conversations, and so. The group can re-energize people back, um, because you know, like I know this is a dark topic, but a lot of people who come at suicide look happy on the outside. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah that's, that's And 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 people take their lives often when they don't, when they feel like they can't show themselves. And actually, if yeah. you let, if you give people an outlet to show whatever they feel, I think that this this the nature of sharing um, just makes you feel better. Um, and mm. sometimes I tell people a job of a CEO is to be a full-time therapist, <laughs> uh, and uh, and 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 make sure your customers feel okay, your investors feel okay, your employees. Yeah, feel yeah, okay. Yeah, Absol- <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what, yeah. And your, one and of your my mentors
0: department. used one of my mentors used to say that uh, you know a leader has five different roles, and one of them is therapist. Another one is uh, uh, actor. So it's like. You are always on stage, and everyone's yeah. looking for cues from you—the way you behave and how you feel, etc. So, uh, but um, let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that your solution offer, and 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 the reason for that is I want like for people to get insight about you know, how they can help, even solve it on their own, right? Yeah. But, uh, I, the principle, basically, that would be helpful. Yeah.
1: No, absolutely. And so, you know, um, Onloop as a product and Onloop as a company, uh, for me, was really born from personal pain. So um, I, before starting the company, uh, I spent quite a few years uh, at a company called Uber uh, during a phase of pretty rapid growth um, and sort of running uh, local, regional, and global teams. Um, prior to that, um, I was at Stanford Business School. And prior to that, um, I started my career as a management consultant, and um, throughout my entire career, um, I've really seen how important developing people is as a leader. And, and this is this is coming from a fairly hard-charging P&L-driving leader. But but so much of what you achieve is what your team achieves, um, and 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 technology can be such an enabler of outcomes, and we've really seen that. Um, through project management products in the last ten years, right, and the and the creation of products like Asana and Trello and Notion and and what it's really done to inspire um, collaborative work. Uh, obviously, we've seen uh, things like Zoom and and Slack um, and and tools sort of reinvent boring comms where people just hated being on video conferences because the tools were terrible. to to sort of obviously Zoom becoming a verb uh, through the pandemic. Um, but somehow when it comes to what has traditionally been HR processes, so, so things like goals, things like feedback, things like development, we've been given processes like performance management that makes people want to throw up, um, and, and nobody looks forward to it. It creates a ton of bias, it creates a ton of anxiety, but actually setting goals well, doing feedback regularly are some of the most important things about an effective high-performance culture, but the way they've been implemented have made it into chores versus making it fun. Um, and so, and so, we were born from that pain, being like, "Hey, how can we rethink a future where teams actually really enjoy goals and feedback and and tracking their well-being and the development and and not run away from it?" Um, and in the process, we've we've built. Um, a category and a framework that we call collaborative team development, and we've taken a lot of learning from actually fitness products. So, if you look at the Aura Ring or the Whoop Band or, or, or Fitbit Apple Watch, they've they've made amorphous things like diet and sleep and exercise a easier to measure, so you know mm-hmm. how to drive intervention to make yourself better. Right? I tell people, ten thousand steps is the best thing to happen to fitness, uh, and then B sort of create an environment, be it an app or be it a physical product, that makes it aspirational. And, mm. and, so, and so for us, on loops about how do we create an aspirational product around uh, self-development and team development, uh, and we call, we call the approach collaborative team development, and, and at its core, um, it's, a, it's a super user-friendly, playful mobile app. Um, it also sort of integrates into Slack and other tools that you use to really inculcate a habit um, of goals and feedback and learning on a much more continual basis. Uh, And then we use tools like Generative AI, so OpenAI, GPT-3 language models to help people write out reviews at the end of it. Because so much of the development process is today sitting in the review writing process, um, Mm -hmm. which is the wrong place for the effort to sit. The effort should sit on a much more continual system of action and then we should use technology to sort of summarize everything that happened, and, and which is why um, the future of what is called, now called generative AI to to sort of develop narratives from disparate data points um, for us is very interesting as we apply it um, to the field of, of uh, self self-team development. But people have built companies in the marketing space around it, uh, and, and 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 we're excited about. This future of SaaS products in the next ten years that will have AI built in in a way that will take a lot of the pain away from uh, from humans and, and let them focus on the productive pieces more.
0: So basically, uh, your tool helps teams to share feedback on a regular basis to ensure that this, they continuously develop and improve, right?
1: Yeah. So so feedback's one part of it. Um, I think. Thinking about goals on a much more continual basis is the second part of it. We believe that OKR frameworks don't work at a per person level. Um, they help companies think about goals, but they don't help individuals sort of measure their work. Uh, and so, we so what what
0: does what do leaders what do leaders need to consider when it comes to the goals on an individual level?
1: Yeah. So, so we in our product there are four types of goals: so their targets, their projects, and their behavioral skills and our hard skills. And each person's work over the course of a month or a quarter or six months is really a combination of those four things. Um, And it's important for an individual to think about the four together. It's important for an individual to keep sort of tracking the key ways they are evolving in those four areas. Uh, And then at the end of three months, look at all of it together in unison to really assess how well a person progressed. Um, Today in the workplace, Um, things that are harder to measure go unnoticed. And so the people who tend to get promoted are people who work on the most visible metrics, so the things that are easy to measure, Mm -hmm. or the people who are the loudest. Those are the two kinds of people who end up sort of getting getting promoted. Um, And so for us, we want to get a lot better at holistically measuring each person's work so that we bring more clarity and visibility to it. So when a CEO or a leadership is thinking about who gets promoted, who gets bonuses, who gets laid off, that's not based on what you remember, but actually based on what's actually happening in the workplace. Um, and, and that's another angle to the issues with hybrid work, is that CEOs are much less clear about what does this person do? And the people whose work is visible, are people who are better and making themselves visible, and we we all know those people. Uh, in fact, in some places, we might have been those people. Um, are 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 people who are like, oh my god, this person's so good. But the people who's working behind the scenes and actually running things, but not making noise about it, might go unnoticed. And so, um, so, so you know, we've we've attracted a pretty mission oriented team, and that's because we strongly believe that if we do our jobs right, we will massively reduce a lot of bias in the workplace at, at its core root cause level. I know people talk a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion. We don't think that more training will make things better. We, we believe that employing the right technology and practices to bring to light actually what's going on will make things better. Um, and, and managers don't walk around wanting to be biased. They just don't have the right tools to manage their own biases. And, and our job is to equip managers with the right products and the right processes.
0: So if we look uh, to summarize this, uh, so you have the uh, behaviors, you have the skills, and then what are the two remaining ones?
1: Targets targets and projects. And actually, most people are doing projects. They don't actually quite know how that will impact things, but they're like launching a new website, or they're writing a blog post, or they're creating an onboarding playbook, or they are writing a new feature. And, and, and often that work, because it can't neatly be tied into a key result that's measurable, can often go unnoticed. And, and often in companies, you'll see people running away from more sort of infrastructure-type work to building the new shiny object. Uh, but, you know, that's how you have situations like FTX, because people chase shiny objects and a will tell you to build a company, but there was no foundation to it, right? So... Um, yeah. And so, to build really enduring companies, there's a lot of plumbing that you have to do. <laughs> that's that's yeah. not visible, and that plumbing should be rewarded as well.
0: Yeah, this is great, and uh, I like the looking at uh, goals or performance, performance reviews, and performance management in a more holistic way. You know, I usually think about values as a key. It should be yeah. a key part of the performance management, and and usually. They, it's not there. If you, you see just like some numbers, and uh, and oh, yeah. this is where the danger is. Where, for example, you have people who deliver the numbers, but uh, they don't care about their colleagues, or they spread negative energy in the workplace, or and and that's something that you want to avoid in a way. But the yeah. only way to avoid it is when you have a holistic performance management and not narrowed into just numbers.
1: Yeah, which is why we've rebranded it. You know, when uh, yeah. when Uber. Launched Uber, it had to. It had to. Re, it had to reinvent ride hailing to change taxis. And so for us, performance management is very much like a broken taxi industry in a lot of places. Um, and collaborative development is ride hailing to fundamentally rethink it because there's not a single knowledge worker in the world who wants to be performance managed. They all want to be collaboratively developed. And if we if we do development right, we will gather the right input to then make the right people decisions. Um, but But that shouldn't start with performance management. It should start with doing the right thing every day and then seeing what the outcomes of that process is to then make the right
0: assessments around people. That's great. So, Kruha, this has been very insightful. Any last advice you have for for leaders to, to adapt, not only to adapt, but to maximize the opportunities that are available by and leading the new workplace.
1: Well, other than other than using on loop, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but 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 I think that I think I think every leader is unique, right? And I and I think that everybody should figure out what works for them um, and what will allow them to authentically operate with their team. So for a long time, I was afraid of creating more synchronous work because. We were building a global and hybrid team. We were building a product for global and hybrid teams. And I was ashamed to say that I actually want to spend time with my team members. But now I've realized that it's a huge driver of my own energy to to collaboratively problem solve with people off in the same room. Um, and and I asked for it. And I think it's, it's completely fine to ask for what you want as a leader. There are many leaders who... Are very good at running completely asynchronous organizations and and build a culture of super strong documentation and everything being in writing. Um, and 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 that works for some people too. So um I, I think that more than you know, people should do X, Y, and Z. I think the thing that matters the most is, is really being self-aware of, of what works for you and then using the very best of different technology to then Build a workplace um, that is that is productive as well as inspired to to have people do their best work.
0: Yeah, um, you mentioned something which I think is very uh, powerful about getting energy from this conversation. I mean, uh, for you as a leader, and this is something for me. I I used to avoid like having this engagement that often, especially I mean during the COVID, it was a huge enlightening experience for me the fact that when we started to do the daily meeting uh, virtually every morning and yeah uh, and usually uh, before that i used to have a weekly one and i would even resist it sometime time but then i saw how having this daily meeting early in the morning gave me so much energy and insight and and ideas which i could and, and also like Gave everyone some push and motivation to go and do the work, and yeah, and it was almost like an anchor, right? So and, yeah, and I, it was so powerful.
1: No, absolutely. And uh, there was a time when we used to do a global daily stand-up at 8:30 a.m. Singapore time, um, and that meant that it was 8:30 p.m. on the on the US East Coast, and then um, you know uh, different times. Well, we met people mostly on the US East Coast and Singapore. We eventually stopped it, but. Um it was the best way to start my day, as you said. And uh, you know, no matter what time you went to bed, you were up at 8.30, and you were energized and you were good to go. Now, when your first meeting is at 10, you are tempted to lace, right? Like, but if your day kicks off with something and that's why people talk about, you know, put your shoes out and go to the gym first thing in the morning, it, 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 yeah. it, it's the same thing, right? Um we are we are human after all, and we are we are wired to be playful versus be productive right so Mm. you have to inculcate discipline into your everyday that actually makes it easier for you than make things harder for you
0: That's great um there is this question we got from sari uh, and how to manage stress on the new or the new workplace maybe maybe answer it and then we close what do you think i mean how is it for you how do you manage stress? Well,
1: I think I think as a founder, <laughs> stress is a stress is a very very big topic in my life. Uh, personally, I I have a therapist uh, who I go and see every every two weeks. And I I try and spend time in nature. I try and spend time with people, sort of bantering about the world. I think what energizes me is 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 great conversations with people I feel seen and understood by. Uh, and, and so I think. It's very important for people to realize what energizes them on a day-to-day basis, and unapologetically spend one to two hours doing things that energize you. For a lot of people, that's working out um, and and sort of going for a run or going to the gym. Uh, I hear that is the most common principle. I've injured my foot, so my, my workout regime got affected um, in the last few months, which is which is actually affected my my stress levels and um, and and mood. Um, and and one of the things that used to really help me at Uber uh, in a global org I just had standing one-on-ones with various people in the company where there was no agenda and and we didn't really do one-on-ones to talk about things just one-on-one to hang out um, and, and I actually have I used to have daily one-on-ones with all my directs before I've had to change that now but about 50% of the, of the one-on-ones we would, just, we would just hang out as friends um, yeah. and um, sometimes with Zoom meetings we forget to be friends <laughs> uh, yeah. and and Sometimes just it's fine to just banter and not do any work um, on a Zoom meeting. And that's not a waste of time uh, and that's not a bad thing. And so, um, you know, my, my answer usually is find what energizes you and make sure you do two hours of it every day.
0: That's a great. So just as a reference for uh, on loop, like what's the website in case people want to check it out?
1: Yeah, it's just it's just on loop.com, So o n l o p dot I'm Projal Katak on LinkedIn. So please feel free to reach out. And uh, you know, it's a it's a topic that I feel pretty strongly about. And um, yeah. and and sort of, I'm always happy to connect and, and share more.
0: Projal, thank you so much for being with us. No, thank and, you so much. Uh, to- And to all the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, like always, stay inspired and make the biggest impact you could make, not only within your area of responsibility, but beyond it. Bye.